Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? Go to madronafinancial.com and click Get Started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade. And as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and the solid advice comes from Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear that. Certainly hope our listeners are doing well today, too. We've got another fine show lined up for you. Before we get to that today, I want to remind people that if you're listening to the show and you don't have a chance to listen to the entire show or you miss any part of it or you just want to hear it all over again, we are a podcast and we've got more than 300 shows on a variety of topics up there right now. So go to wherever you get your podcasts and search Growing Your Wealth, Brian Evans, and I'm sure that you will find a show that applies to you. Well, Brian, it is January, and of course, the holidays behind us, and we've got to face the music a little bit here, and we've got to talk about taxes a little bit. I know it's not tax season just yet. When does tax season officially begin for you folks at Madrona CPAs? Well, I don't think tax season ever goes away, honestly, because you think about it as a CPA. You know, I've been a CPA over 35 years. I spent my early years when I wasn't an investment advisor. The early years, I was always, uh, you know, I didn't know what year it was. I was always working on last year, the year before, going back three years. Everything was kind of a rear view mirror. However, tax planning is forward-looking, and tax planning needs to be done kind of over and over and over for somebody just to make sure they're, they're getting it right if they want to optimize that. So whether you're looking backwards and getting your taxes right or thinking about what they're going to look like in the future, uh, it can always be some semblance of tax season or tax planning around that. It's not like you have to do tax planning every, every month of your life or anything like that. But I would venture to say most people, you know, I probably haven't actually done it at all or I've done it, you know, once or whatever. I, you know, it's not something we wake up in the morning and go, I think I'll mow the lawn and do some tax planning today. <laughs> you know, it's not, that is not something on most people's to-do list. Yeah. But uh, I think it's not a bad thing to do because, um, you know, you might want to pay the neighbor's kid 40 bucks to mow your lawn, take right. that two hours and spend it doing that. You probably get more than 40 bucks back. Yeah. And I can attest to the fact, you know, around the office that, we certainly have a lot of CPAs there. We have advisors that are also CPAs, and they're there every day of the year, every working day of the year, and they are working on things. Obviously, they're helping people prepare for taxes, but they're also helping people with their taxes 365 days a year. So that was a very good point, that there isn't an official tax season, so to speak, at Madrona CPAs. The tax season is all year round, but I know that your CPAs are going to be ramping up here pretty soon because they've got to get those returns in by April 15th, or they've got to file an extension. So that's what we call tax season. On today's show, Brian, I want to talk about there are four flavors of taxes, and this is a chapter in your book, Prosperous Revelations. So I want to talk about the four. They are tax credits, tax deductions, tax deferred, and then what everyone wants is tax-free, but not necessarily can we get tax-free on everything. So let's start and distinguish each of these, and we'll start with tax credits. What exactly are tax credits, and how do they differ from the other three flavors of tax? 
Yeah, I, I thought this was an important topic to discuss because, uh, again, I've been a CPA for a long time and own a CPA firm and a partner in it uh, with other partners too now. We do thousands of returns a year and uh, multiply that by 30-something years, that's a lot of tax returns. So talk to a lot of people about their taxes and I would venture to say that a vast majority of them don't understand the difference between these topics we're talking about today. So tax credits, because a lot of people, oh, you know, they're spending money on X, Y, and Z. What do they care? It's, it's tax deductible. I'm like, well, tax deductible is not the same as tax credit. Mm-hmm. And there's even flavors of credits. So a credit is a dollar just on its surface. A credit would be I spend $100 on this thing. If I have a credit, I get the $100 back. Okay, that's the basic credit definition without the exceptions. But there are many exceptions to this. So really, credits are defined into three categories. You have non-refundable credits, refundable credits, and partially refundable credits. Let me talk about that for a second. So a non-refundable credit is something that either use it or lose it in the time period that they're giving you to use it. So for instance, let's say you had a a transaction that normally you get a credit for in the tax year that it occurred. However, in that year, you didn't have any taxes owed because you had a loss or or something like that in your business or whatever it was, or you didn't have enough. So let's say you have a $10,000 credit, but your total tax bill was $4,000. Well, a non-refundable credit would allow maybe the $4,000 to be refunded so that you don't owe them anything. But that extra $6,000 credit you thought you earned goes away. You don't get it. It expires. So that's a non-refundable credit. A refundable credit in that example where you owed 4000 in tax before the credit, you have a $10,000 credit, you get the four and the additional six. So you get refunded the $6,000. A refundable credit is not a use it or lose it scenario. And then you have partially refundable credits. And what that means is the credit where, hey, if you spend $10,000 on this particular thing that we want you to spend that money on, we'll give you 10% credit back. And like, oh, that feels more like a deduction than a credit, but you're calling it a credit because you're going to give me that money back. And if they're going to give you that money back, now you got to figure out, let's, so you bought, you know, electric something or other that qualified and you paid 10000 and you fill out your tax return and, and you have $1,000 coming back. Then you have to apply the, is it a refundable credit or a non-refundable credit if you don't have the ability to take it that year? So it might get a little confusing right there, but yeah, there's three flavors of just tax credits, but the basic definition of this is a dollar for dollar refund when you spend spend money on something, you get that money back. That's the basic definition of a tax credit. We're talking with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, of course, uh, both a financial advisor and a CPA. And we're talking about the four flavors of taxes here. Right now, we're talking about tax credits. So there's non-refundable, there's partially refundable, and then there is fully refundable. Brian, is this something that causes a lot of confusion with your clients? Oh, yeah. That's a tough one because that's why a lot of people go, well, you know, I I made X, Y, and Z this year. What's my tax going to be? I'm like, whoa. No, we got to run that through the program. It is very difficult to estimate your income taxes. And we do that all the time. That's one of the things you were just talking about to open the show is why is our tax season year round? Well, you know, we have our January, February, March, April, and our extensions and certainly preparing and filing tax returns, business returns, individual returns, LLCs, you know, S-Corps, all that kind of thing. 
we're doing that a lot in the first six, nine months of the year. There's also the, the work that's related to Madrona Financial, where our advisors are trying to help our clients with their tax planning and trying to get the best result looking forward, working with our CPAs. And so that's where we spend a lot of time doing what-if scenarios. And what I mean by that is I can't just look at a group of numbers and say, oh, yeah, your tax credit's going to be X and your deduction's Y and all that stuff because of phase-outs and refund versus non-refundable versus partially refundable versus carryovers and exclusions and, and all this stuff. And, and, and a lot of things phase out based on your taxable income or tax rates change based on your taxable income. There's so much in the tax code that makes it virtually impossible to do anything in your head. So we have to put it into the tax program to get it right. And that's where we do what-if scenarios. We, we can put your information in and then you go, well, if I buy this electric car, do I get the credit? I'm like, well, I don't know. Let's pop that into the what-if scenario. And we'll go, hmm, yes, you got it, but you were phased out because your income was above a particular level in your case. So if you bought that electric car, you get zero credit for it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, the dealer told me I was going to get a tax credit. And the article I read said I was going to get a tax credit. And the IRS line said I was going to get a tax credit. And my politician says I'm getting a tax credit. I'm like, nope. Uh, there's there's a limitation. And so we don't know these things until we run it through the program. There's lots of different kinds of credits out there. I'll talk about them in a minute too. But again, you really can't estimate whether it's going to be beneficial to you. And don't believe anything on its surface just because you read something and said you're going to get some benefit. Don't believe it until you run it through an actual tax projection. And Brian, you said that there are different types of tax credits. Can you elaborate on that? Uh, I'll just throw a couple of them out there. There's the earned income credit, which is a refundable credit, by the way. So a lot of people that don't have a lot of earnings, they had no withholding, they do their taxes and they go, whoa, I'm getting $4,000 back. I didn't pay anything in. Well, yeah, if, if you uh, don't make a lot of money, but maybe you're, you have dependents and so forth, that's a refundable credit. That's money you didn't even have to pay them. They're just giving you money back. And that's that's what it's designed for to bring your standard of living up. So that's a good thing for, for those folks that are in that situation. There's the American Opportunity Credit. That's uh, more of a college kind of thing. It used to be the HOPE Credit. Uh, lifetime Learning Credit. There's that one. You've got Child Independent Care Credit. A lot of people, when their husband and wife uh, are working, uh, they got to have dependent care. They get a credit. Now, that's a partially refundable credit in that case. There's new credits like the savers tax credit. So, you know, I don't see it as much because this one says if you don't make much money and you put money away in your retirement accounts, you get a credit. But, well, generally speaking, if you don't make a lot of money, you're probably not putting a lot of money into your retirement plan. So, it's tough to do both, certainly. There's some extraneous ones like the foreign earned income tax credit. So, you might be working uh, for a large company and maybe you spent some time in Canada or wherever and you paid taxes there and then you come back and it says, oh, I got to put that on my U.S. tax return too? Aren't I getting double dipped here? Well, not necessarily because probably the tax you paid in the uh, foreign country was at a higher rate than it is here. And so you might get a credit uh, against your U.S. taxes for foreign taxes. So you only get nailed once at a higher rate, you know, the higher of the two rates. And so the foreign earned income tax credit. There's a whole bunch of new uh, energy credits, uh, solar credits, electric car credits. But again, as I warned, there are limitations because I virtually every time I look at something, I go, oh, I could get credit for this. Well, let me guess. I'm going to get phased out because, you know, I have a good job and all that and make a good living. And, I, yep, I got phased out. So I, I don't get that. I don't get dependent care or I don't get my personal exemptions or all my charitable deductions or my, you know, itemized deductions. I don't get credits. I don't get 
a lot of things that are purported I would be getting and, and are, are trying to promote. So just be careful with that. But that's, that's just a kind of a short list of some of the credits that are potentially out there if all the uh, numbers fall into the right boxes. Once again, we're talking about the four flavors of taxes with Brian Evans here of Madrona CPAs. We've talked about tax credits, and we're going to be talking about tax deductions, tax deferred, and what everyone wants, including myself, which is tax-free. And we'll continue that conversation in just a moment. Meanwhile, if you're listening to the program and you like what you hear and you're interested in finding out more, go to our website, which is madronafinancial.com, madronafinancial.com. We have a book out here. It's a great book. I've got it in front of me, The Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Now, those seven steps include a lifestyle plan, a growth plan, a protection plan, a tax plan, a health care plan, a gift plan, and a legacy plan. The whole purpose of this is to check how deep your financial roots are so that you can withstand the financial storms that we're in right now and that are on the horizon here in the future. Once again, seven steps to a successful retirement. If you want to get this book, go to madronafinancial.com. You can download the book there. And while you're there, click on the Get Started button. That'll allow you to answer just a couple of questions and you'll determine how deep your financial roots really are. And if they're not deep enough, we can help you deepen those financial roots so that you can get through and stay in retirement, and again, a retirement that might last 30-plus years. Once again, madronafinancial.com. Click on the Get Started button for your Rooted Wealth Analysis, and be sure to download our book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. And by the way, if you're getting insurance through the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, the deadline for the open enrollment period ends very soon on January 15th. If you don't act by January 15th, you can't get 2023 coverage unless you qualify for a special enrollment period. Now, how do you qualify for a special enrollment period? Well, there are a number of ways, one of which is if you had a change in your household. In other words, if you've gotten married, if you've had a baby, if you've adopted a child, you've placed a child for foster care, you've gotten divorced or legally separated, and you lost health insurance due to that, or maybe someone in your family has died, you qualify for the special enrollment period. If someone on your plan dies, which causes you to lose your current health plan. Some other things that qualify you for the special enrollment period, they include changes in residence. If you have moved to a new home or a new zip code or a new county or you've moved to the U.S. from a foreign country or a United States territory, you could qualify under this special enrollment period. Also, you may qualify for the special enrollment period if you or anyone in your household has lost qualifying health insurance in the past 60 days or more than 60 days ago, but since January 1st, 2020, or expects to lose coverage in the next 60 days. So those are some of the ways that you might qualify for special coverage. But otherwise, remember, this open enrollment period does end January 15, 2023. So it's a good idea to get started on that, or at least be thinking about that. Brian, let's continue to talk about these four flavors of taxes. We've talked about tax credits. Next one here is going to be tax deductions. And I think most people understand what that is. But can you bring us in and give us a little more information on that? Yeah, I mean, as I was saying earlier, a lot of people that I've talked to, they'll say, well, they don't care if they spend that money. It's tax deductible. Well, tax deductible benefits somebody to the tune of whatever their marginal tax bracket is. So let me explain what I mean by that. And a tax deduction, as opposed to a credit, you know, a credit, again, the basic definition, when I spend $100 on something, I get $100 back. Well, $100 is $100, regardless of who you are. However, with a tax deduction, I spend $100, I get my marginal income tax bracket back, potentially. And what I mean by that, let's say I make $50,000 a year, and I have a tax deductible item. 
then I'm in the 12% tax bracket. So if I spend $100, I get 12 bucks back from the IRS. If I'm making a half a million a year, maybe I'm in the 37% tax bracket. So I spend $100, I get $37 back. The other person got 12 bucks. So tax deductions are not the same for everybody. But now we got to look at, okay, I know something's tax deductible. My property taxes or whatever, uh, charitable deduction or medical expenses, uh, those are tax deductible, right? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe not. You've got limitations on medical expenses. You've got limitations on property taxes, you know, the $10,000 limitation of all your taxes. You have itemized deduction limited. Maybe you don't itemize. So you have, I don't know, $20,000. You and your spouse have $20,000 of itemized deductions that are all tax deductible. They do you no good because your standard deduction is higher. Now, sometimes you have deductions and, and you do itemize and all of that, but you make a lot of money and you get phased out of your deductions. The amount that you can actually put on your tax return on page one or page two there is reduced because your income is high. So as I was mentioning with credits, you almost you, you just can't figure out whether it applies to you unless you put it through a tax projection. Same thing goes for deductions. If you think something's deductible and you get to deduct it at your highest marginal tax bracket, not your average tax bracket, but your highest marginal tax bracket, then you better put it through a program to say, does it survive <laughs> all the phase outs? Yeah. Does it survive my income limits? Does it survive all the rules once it's been uh, filtered through the tax program to see if I actually get that money back? And Brian, once again, this is an area that I think there's a lot of confusion about tax deductions. People who have small businesses, and a lot of people these days have side hustles and so forth, and they're under the misunderstanding that if you go out to dinner with a friend and you for two seconds discuss business and the dinner costs $100, that you're going to be deducting $100 from your taxes. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, there's limitations on that. There's limitations. Oh, now that I have a business, I can travel wherever I want and go to a conference for an hour. No, nope. that's not deductible. Right. There's limitations on that. It used to be, oh, people who have these country club memberships, they're just writing all this stuff off. They spend $50,000 in a year. They got $50,000 back from the IRS. No, the answer would be they get zero back as country club dues are non-deductible. They've been wiped off. So there's, there's a lot of things people have misconceptions about, about, you know, how... The rich take advantage of this, that, and the other. Well, mm -hmm. maybe they take advantage of some tax laws, but most of the tax code is designed to not allow for abuse. That's why it's so big. I mean, if we didn't have people wanting to abuse the tax law, it'd probably be 100 pages. Yeah. But instead, I, I don't know how many pages it is. It's big. And, uh, you know, there's millions of regulations and tax codes and interpretations, millions of pages out there. And, and it's very hard to keep up on everything. That's why we have to use the technology technology to assist us because, again, I'm a pretty smart guy. I can't run a tax return through in my head. I can't do it on paper. It's just not even possible anymore with all the phase-outs and exclusions, exemptions, etc. Brian, with remote work being so popular these days, people are moving to other parts of the country to work, and they've got home offices. This is something that there's a lot of confusion about as well, too, is the home office expense. If you've got a three-, four-bedroom house and one of the bedrooms is used strictly for an office, how does that work as far as a tax deduction, or does it? It doesn't work very well. If you use it for personal use at all, code section says you don't get to deduct any of it. Well, I just have a closet with some personal stuff in it. I mean, yep. If I'm an auditor, I say you don't get nothing. Okay. And, you know, well, yeah, but I get to deduct some of my mortgage interest and property taxes, right? Well, if you itemize, you get to anyway. 
what's the difference? Mm-hmm. You know, you might be a little difference there with the self-employment tax, but from what I've seen, a lot of people have a very small space in their house for that, and it's a lot of work to track all that stuff and get on your taxes right. And in the end, it's like, well, I got two hundred bucks back. Is it worth that it? Worth yeah. all my time? Yeah, it's not worth all it. that. Sure. No, I I have a home office. I don't even bother. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even want to. You know, I probably have something personal in there and I, I just it's not worth it to me to even track it you know personally and so again that's a something that a lot of people think is going to be this big benefit and generally the the delta between having the home office and not having the home office is not doesn't really move the needle for a lot of people yeah and i have a home office as well too it's got a studio in it but at the same time i've got a leather chair in there i've got some nice pictures in there i've got a few personal things in the closet so i would not try to deduct that from my taxes you know there are so many tax deductions. That's why you're so valuable at Madrona Financial and CPAs. I've heard that you don't need to cheat on taxes. People think, oh, i got to cheat on my taxes. No, the tax code is designed to get you the maximum deductions. You don't need to cheat on taxes if you have someone who understands the tax code. Is that about right, Brian? Please don't cheat on your taxes. Yeah. If you're listening to this, sure. please do not cheat on your taxes. You can do quite well. Just, you know, tax law offers a lot of opportunity, and that's where the planning comes in. There's a lot of opportunities to pay the least amount of tax over a, a extended multi-year period of time by doing planning and investing in certain ways and, and so forth and, and timing of, of certain things and, and using other things we're going to talk about in this show, uh, deferrals, tax-free scenarios, and so forth. There's a lot that can be in your favor. There's a lot that can be not in your favor if you don't do it correctly, but following the rules paying your taxes. I mean, I'm thrilled that I can make a good living. I pay a ton of taxes, even though I'm a pretty smart CPA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you think, well, you probably don't pay any taxes. You you figured out, you know, the loopholes. Nope. Like, nope. No. <laughs> I don't even like that term. I don't think there is anything s- such as a loophole right. in the tax code. Like anything, there are things that, you know, maybe you could call uh, the gain on sale of a principal residence a loophole. You can call any deduction, that. well, that's a loophole. That only applies to people that can use it. Well, it's designed to promote something. It's designed, that and the one I just mentioned, is designed to promote home ownership, that you can sell your home and buy a similar home somewhere else if you need to without getting nailed on taxes. We don't want to penalize you from going from one house to another, so they make it tax-free in certain circumstances. So I don't believe that, I believe in uh, deductions, uh, credits, uh, deferrals, I don't think there's such a thing as tax loopholes really in the tax code. Like most everybody I talk to that, right. you know, not everybody, but a lot of people, oh, there's so many tax loopholes and politicians, oh, we got to close all the loopholes. Right. And like, well, you know, one of the famous loopholes I'm hearing over and over is rich people don't pay tax oh. on the appreciation of their <laughs> stock. Well, that's right. They pay it when they sell it. Right. You know, otherwise, Elon Musk, look at him. Okay, the stock kept going up, up, up. He didn't pay tax on it because he didn't sell it. Well, this last year when it went down, 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 did he get a tax credit for that? No. It'll happen when he sells it. And so uh, it's just a timing thing. And so, but back to the original point, pay your taxes, do it in a smart way. The tax code is designed where the smarter people with more resources, I will say, can end up with a better result because they're working with an advisor, a CPA, that understand how to make it the best it can be for your situation and will do certain things. But there's a lot of things you can't do about taxes. For instance, I have people that make a lot of money come to me and go, well, you're a CPA. How do I get out of paying taxes? 
What? You can't uh, quit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, you're you're making a lot of money. The goal is not to get out of paying taxes. It's to pay the least. You make the most amount of money and pay the least amount of tax over a multi-year period of time by following the rules that are in the tax code. That's really what this is about. Tax planning. It's not about getting out of taxes. That's cheating. That's called fraud. That's called jail. That's right. called penalties. We don't want that. Nobody should have that as a goal. So strong advocate for everybody paying their, uh, you know, when, when I hear the term pay your fair share, they're talking about people that actually do pay their fair share. They file their tax returns. They don't cheat. They pay the taxes that, that are due based on the tax code. They are paying their fair share. Uh, the people that aren't are the ones that cheat, you know, maybe most of their income's under the table or, or whatever they're doing. I'm not a fan of that, obviously. I, I certainly pay a tax on every dime and net profit I have that's taxable under the tax code. Mm-hmm. That, that's okay with me. I, I hope it's okay with my listeners, too. We're talking with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial and CPAs. We're talking about the four flavors of taxes. And I think that this conversation today illustrates why it's so important to work with a CPA and do comprehensive tax planning. It's one of the seven roots that sustain wealth. If you want to see how deep your tax planning or other roots are, then go to madronafinancial.com. Click the bottom that says get started. When you do that, you'll fill out some basic information. And then the staff at Madrona Financial and CPAs will be able to schedule your rooted wealth analysis so you can see what needs to be addressed before the next financial storm hits. Growing Your Wealth will be right back with even more ways to help sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Hi, I'm Brian Evans, owner of Madrona Financial Services, and here is a conversation you might find yourself having with your stockbroker. So, Ed, I'm 60 years old. How are you protecting my nest egg? I'm applying the rule of 100, so 60% of your investments are in bonds. Oh, what kind of bonds? Well, we use primarily intermediate-term government bonds. What's the yield on a five-year government bond these days? Oh, it's under 1.5%. So, Ed, how much do I pay you to manage my investments? 1.5%. Oh, so if interest rates stay flat, I'm only likely to lose a little money on a majority of my investments with you. That's right. What if interest rates go up? Well, then you could lose a lot more money. So if this is a frustrating conversation you're having with your stockbroker, you owe it to yourself to schedule a free financial plan for Madrona Financial Services. Call 844-MADRONA, that's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A, or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. Would you be upset if you discovered your financial professional couldn't tell you everything you'd like to have known when making financial decisions? It happens more often than you might expect. The license your financial professional holds can affect the information you're given. Many have the licenses needed to talk about investments, but very few are CPAs and can provide you with tax advice. Without being able to talk about the tax consequences, it can become difficult to see the full weight of a financial decision. That's why it's so important to find a team of CPAs and advisors that work together to give you comprehensive advice. That's why the CPAs and advisors at Madrona Financial are making a significant difference among those who want comprehensive financial planning. If the financial advice you need involves taxes, consider working with the CPAs and advisors at Madrona Financial and see what you're missing. Go to madronafinancial.com and get started for free today. That's madronafinancial.com. Tired of only getting half the story? That's why it's so important to get your financial information from a CPA and an advisor like Brian Evans. 
Now let's get back to some of the most comprehensive financial information around. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to continue our discussion of the four flavors of tax. And Brian, I love flavors of different things, and there are four flavors of taxes. Some of those flavors I like better than the others, but we have to face the fact that there are four flavors or four types of taxes that we're talking about on today's show. We've talked about tax credits and tax deductions, and by the way, if you missed that conversation, you're just joining us. Our show is also a podcast, so go wherever you get your podcast. Look for Growing Your Wealth, Brian Evans, and you can hear the first half of our show, or you can hear the whole show over again. And while you're there, check out the other episodes. We've got more than 300 episodes playing right now. There's bound to be one that applies to you. So let's get back to the flavors of taxes, Brian. The next one here is going to be tax deferred. Bring us in on that one. Yeah, tax deferred is an interesting one. I'm going to give some examples here. But tax deferred means that you're going to pay the tax. You're just putting it off. Now, the most common example I can come up with is your 401k plan, your IRAs, that kind of thing. So when you contributed to them, I'm not talking about Roth IRAs. We'll talk about that in a minute. But when you contributed to them, you took a deduction. So let's say you were working and you put $10,000 into your 401k plan. You got $10,000 off you for your taxable income, and that benefited you at whatever your marginal tax bracket was at that time. Now, that's great. You got some money back from the IRS. That's super. Now, the problem is that in the future, when you take money out of your retirement accounts and put it into your bank accounts, you're going to get taxed on that and all of the growth because the growth was not taxed while it grew, but you'll be taxed when you take it out. Okay. Now, conventional wisdom for the first couple decades, I was a CPA, was that when you're working, you're going to be at a higher income tax bracket than when you're retired. And that was the case. Tax brackets were higher. When I started public accounting, the top bracket, uh, ordinary bracket, was 50%. It wasn't that many years before I started. Maybe I was probably in grade school or high school. The top tax bracket was 70%. Most people, you know, okay, when I retire, I get Social Security and maybe a little bit of pension or something. And their bracket was going to drop substantially. So any chance of deferring, deferring, deferring into your retirement years was a good thing. I have seen a massive shift in that because now I'm working with, I think we're the first generation of X's. We're going to call, I'm going to throw a name out there. I'm going to call the baby boomers the first generation of X's. Okay. Our parents and that generation didn't tend to have a lot of extra assets. Right. Uh, They didn't have a lot of extra income. They didn't have millions of dollars set aside. I think there are a lot of people now that never saw this coming because of real estate markets and good business environment for a long time, no world wars for a long time, global economy, the stock market going way up. Uh, All these factors has created this whole generation of where there's a fair percentage that have a lot of excess assets. Now, with that, they're saying, wow, I deferred all this income, and I was working. And when I was working, I was in the 12% bracket, and I put $10,000 into my retirement account, 
and I got $1,200 back from the IRS. Fast forward 30 years, and that 10000 I put into the account is now 50000 and my tax bracket is 24%. And so now I got a $1,200 back from the IRS way back when, but now I owe tens of thousands of dollars of income tax on that transaction. That doesn't seem real fair. Maybe I shouldn't have deferred that. I should have just paid the tax back then. Well, maybe you should have. So one of the the factors in determining the value of tax deferral is what are you deferring to? Mm -hmm. If you're deferring from a low bracket to a high bracket, that's maybe not a good plan. If you're deferring from a high bracket now to a low bracket in the future, that's a good plan. And so now we got to factor in what do we think tax brackets are going to be and what do we think our personal income tax situation, what do we think our taxable income will be relative to the rates in the future? And Brian, a lot of people think when they get into retirement or they get older, they're going to be in a lower tax bracket. They're not going to make as much money. But we have found out that people spend $100,000 a year to live on pre-retirement. The many times they spend $100,000 a year post-retirement, sometimes even more. Yeah, I, mean, I have a lot of clients that are literally making more in retirement than they did during their working years as far as take home. You know, their quality of life has gone up. Their required minimum distributions are a certain amount. Maybe they have rental income. Maybe they have, you know, stock market investments, whatever that is. Maybe they sold a business. They're getting installment payments, whatever that is. I've seen a lot of people that are making, they're, they're in the higher brackets, and they didn't expect that. And a lot of my clients believe that 10 years from now, brackets will be way higher than they are today. In fact, they're set to go up after year 2025. They're set to go up automatically anyway under the current tax law and the expiration of the lower tax brackets we're in right now. So some of the deferral opportunities that are out there, obviously retirement plan contributions are the big deferral that we'll talk about. But uh, a lot of people might be considering, and, and you should consider this in your situation. I'm not saying to do it, not to do it until you've you know brought your stuff in, but consider switching to a Roth 401k contribution. Or a lot of times I have people able to defer through the sale of real estate. So that's called a Section 1031 exchange. A Section 1031 exchange allows you to sell your real estate, not pay the tax, and when I say real estate, your investment real estate, not your principal residence, not pay the tax and defer it into the future. And so some people may go, well, I'm not sure I want to defer that. I would agree with that. But a lot of people do 1031 exchanges into vehicles like Delaware Statutory Trust, allowing them to continue that deferral until they pass away. And we get into our next topic, which I don't want to start yet, but tax-free. <laughs> And, of course, that is what everyone wants. We're talking with Brian Evans here about the four flavors of taxes. And, Brian, the point of my comment about people making more money many times when they retire had to do with the tax brackets. And if I'm understanding you correctly, Brian, you do have the ability as a financial planner and a CPA, you can take a look at things and decide when to take income. It's possible to actually shift income from one year to another to take advantage of tax brackets. Yes, it's possible to shift it, I'll call it the secondary income market. The primary income market is your earnings. And right. that, you can't shift your earnings. You can't tell your employer, yeah, you were going to pay me 100, you paid me 100 grand this year. Could you put it on next year's W-2? <laughs> no, can't do that. <laughs> but uh, your investments and so forth, that's where you can decide. And, and here's a deferral that a lot of people haven't thought about. A lot of people go, wow, I'm going to buy rental houses because I get the tax benefit of depreciation. It's awesome. And so I'm going to... 
I, I get this income and I don't have to pay tax on it because I get to take depreciation. Well, let's do an example here. Let's say you paid $400,000 for a rental house and you took $300,000 of depreciation on it because you can't depreciate the land portion. And so you took a little bit every year. You, you know, you took $10,000 a year for 30 years and you were in the 12% bracket. So you got a little bit of a refund from the, the IRS, uh, $1,200 a year. And you go, wow, yeah, that was, that was really nice. I, I really benefited for 30 years. And now you sell that asset and the depreciation that you took, the 300000 it was a deferral. It's deferred until the year of sale as depreciation recapture. Now you got to put that back on your tax return. So now you got $300,000 on your tax return. You go, wait a second. This is a dumb example because housing prices went up. But let's say you sold it at a push. You paid four hundred thousand for it, and you sold it for four fifty. And after closing costs, you netted four hundred. You go, well, I paid four hundred. You know, I got four hundred. I don't owe any tax, right? Oh yes, you do. You owe tax on three hundred thousand dollars of depreciation recapture. What? Yep, you got to pay that. And by the way, that ruined your deductions, your itemized deductions, your phase outs, your Medicare just went up for the next year uh, substantially because you had a high income year. Uh, you're getting drilled all different ways and you're paying it at, a, at your highest marginal rate, way higher than the 12% that you deducted it at. And people are blown away by that. That's a big reason why people do 1031 exchanges and Delaware statutory trusts. We didn't even talk about that, the, the ticking time bomb of depreciation. Mm. So I had, let me give you a story of somebody who did this vastly wrong. They knew that. They knew, well, if I take depreciation, I'm, I got this ticking time bomb. I'm going to have to recapture that someday. So I got a plan. And their plan was they didn't take depreciation. They had nothing on their, their tax return themselves for those 30 years. They took no depreciation. They said, aha, my basis is still 400000 When I sell for four hundred, I had no gain. I'm the smartest guy out here. Uh, no, you're not. Because what happens is depreciation is use it or lose it. Meaning the IRS, the tax code says, whether or not you actually took the deduction on your tax return is irrelevant. We're going to count it as if you did. So he did not, in this example, and I've seen this, this is real life. I've seen $300,000 in this example not get deducted on the return, but when they sold it, they had to claim it as depreciation recapture because it was available. Whether they took it or not didn't matter. It was use it or lose it with depreciation. And so not only did they get drilled in the year of sale, they didn't get any help along the way. And so that was a really bad outcome. So again, uh, do-it-yourself tax return. Um, hmm. <laughs> I have an opinion about that. That's yeah. why I employ a lot of people that do a right. lot of tax returns. But again, just another, I have so many examples, uh, so little time on this show, of tax deferrals that didn't go the way you thought it should go. Yeah, I mean, differentiate what you're good at as far as a DIYer. I mean, I can build a deck. I can do some things to my car. But, I mean, I wouldn't really touch taxes. It is just far too complicated for someone like me. But there are 1040 easy forms. I mean, if you don't have, you know, a lot of income, you don't have a lot of deductions, and maybe your taxes have been withheld by your employer, that's a good way to go. But I think that most of our people listening to this program today do not fall into that category. We're talking with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial and CPAs, offices right here in the Seattle area. And we are talking about the four flavors of taxes. We've talked about tax credits, tax deductions, tax deferred. And Brian, I've saved the best for last. This is the chair 
cherry on top of the tax Sunday, and this is the one that everyone loves. It is tax-free. So tell us a little bit more about this and give us some examples of items that could be tax-free. Yes, tax-free is the best one. Right. That's the, it's, you know, well, 100% credit is, is good. That is essentially tax-free. But most credits, again, are either refundable, they're partial credits, they're not 100% tax credits. Deductions are only worth as much as your marginal bracket. Deferrals may work against you. They can work for you in certain situations, but they may work against you. And then finally, there's tax-free. Tax-free is where you have a gain. You recognize that gain. You had the transaction. You go, what's my tax on this transaction? And the answer is zero. Like, wow, that's pretty cool. I wish all my stuff was like that, but it's not. (laughs) There's very limited uses for this. One of them that most listeners have a chance to take advantage of is a tax-free sale of your principal residence. So if you're married, you've lived in that house for two years, and you have a gain. Generally speaking, you can take up to $500,000 income tax-free. Where I've seen this go awry, and a lot of people I know do this, they have a house. They've lived in it a long time. It's gone way up in value. They decide they're going to buy a different house, but they like their house. There's some sentimental attachment, and they want to turn it into a rental. Like, okay, so they do, or they let their kid move into it for free or whatever. So it's no longer their principal residence. And after, well, let's say a little over three years, they decide, they change their mind. They go, you know, I don't think I want this anymore. I'm going to sell the house and take my $500,000 exclusion. You know, I had somebody move, else move into it 37 months ago, and, and I'm, I'm ready to sell now. Well, guess what? <laughs> you lost your exclusion. There is no tax-free involved in this. You just converted it to an investment asset, and you no longer qualify for the $500,000 principal residence tax-free gain. So that just popped you into the higher bracket. As I mentioned before, your Medicare tax just went up, surcharge just went up, your itemized deductions went down, your marginal bracket, the, the amount of tax you pay on other income just went up, and you had to pay the IRS over $100,000. You didn't plan on paying them just because you thought you were being nice and let your kid stay in the house right. for three years and a couple months or whatever it is. You blew it up. So there was an opportunity to have something tax-free. If you just sold it after two and a half years, no problem. That falls under the rules. $500,000 tax-free, but you waited three years. Problem. And so there's an example of tax-free and an example of how you can screw that up. Now, another one that's tax-free, unfortunately, you have to die to get it, or somebody has to die. In the state of Washington, a community property state, that's one of nine community property states, when either husband or wife passes away, then they get what's called a step-up in basis. So all of their gain assets, excluding installment sales, annuities, and retirement accounts, all other assets like stocks and houses and principal residence and rentals, whatever, they get a a business interest, whatever. It gets a step-up to the fair market value. So your new cost basis is the fair market value. So when that asset is sold at its fair market value, there's no gain. So all of the gains from the example, remember I had that example of the rental house that was held. Right. I paid 400000 for it. Let's say it had gone up to a value of a million and there was 300000 potential depreciation recapture. Well, if you sold it the day before you or your spouse passed away in the state of Washington, you sold it the day before one of you passed for a million, there's a $900,000 gain 
there's a $300 depreciation recapture and $600,000 capital gain. If it was sold after one of them passed, there was zero gain, zero depreciation recapture, zero capital gains. So that's a version of tax-free. Now we're all, you know, we're all, we're talking legacy planning here or spousal planning. We're all mortal. We're going to pass away at some time. Certainly we use 1031 exchanges into Delaware statutory trusts to provide people that have investment real estate the opportunity to never pay income tax or depreciation recapture and let their spouse take that without that or their kids or charities or whatever not have any income tax associated with it. So there is another example of tax-free. We're talking with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial and CPAs, and I think this conversation really illustrates why it's so important to have a financial advisor who is also a CPA, and I can't think of many other firms, if any, where we do have CPAs that are also financial advisors, but that is the case at Madrona Financial. Those financial advisors that are not CPAs CPAs, of course, can consult with a CPA staff that is right there under one roof. Let's say that taxes do go up in the future and you're able to identify what to do now so that your future tax bills weren't as large. When that time comes, can you imagine sitting down for breakfast, you're hearing the news, discussing the new tax changes and how they're rising, and you look across the table at your spouse, your significant other, your best friend in life, and you say, aren't you glad we planned for this years ago? Well, if you want to be one of those people, once again, go to madronafinancial.com and click on the Get Started button to see how deep your tax roots are. It is one of the seven steps to a successful retirement. And while you're there, I want you to download the book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. And tax planning is one of the chapters in that book. Once again, madronafinancial.com. Click on the Get Started button to check how deep your financial roots are that include your tax roots. It's only going to take a couple of minutes to answer a few questions. And then you can meet with an advisor at Madrona Financial with no cost, no obligation to see how deep your financial roots are. If they're not deep enough, they'll offer suggestions that'll help you deepen your financial roots so you can survive the next financial storm. Once again, madronafinancial.com and click on the Get Started button. Brian, in a moment, we're going to be talking about things that you need as a CPA that you'd like to see your clients furnish to you. But before we get to that, I want to talk about some money facts about consumer debt and spending. Did you know that the average home in the United States, and certainly this is not the case here in Seattle, but the average home in the United States costs about $350,000. Brian, can you remember a time in the Seattle area when the average price of a home was $350,000? Well, I mean, it's been a while. Actually, it wasn't that long ago, um, probably what, 10, 15 years ago? Probably in that that range there. I remember when they were, you know, 100-something thousand. I, I know when I was looking for my first house in a suburb of Bellevue, Bellevue houses were way too expensive. They were like 150 grand. <laughs> yeah. like, who's going to pay 150 grand for a house? <laughs> right. So I ended up paying $87,000 for a house in Kirkland. Pretty sure you can't buy anything in Kirkland for 87000 maybe an outhouse, but not a, not a real house. But yeah, I've, I've certainly seen uh, aging me, Jeff, so <laughs> uh, I've seen a lot of price appreciation in my lifetime. Well, this is according to Zillow Research, and I think that uh, it would be hard to find in many neighborhoods in the Seattle area these days, especially the affluent neighborhoods, places like Bellevue, where you can get anything more than uh, just a lot for even a million dollars. Also, according to the labor of uh, U.S. statistics, the average salary is $60,000 in the United States. But even more shocking, the average family spends $609.75 per month 
on groceries and dining out. Now, it's just my wife and I at home at this point in time. We spend more than that. And Brian, you've got a teenage son at home. I bet your teenage son pushes those uh, grocery bills up to $1,500. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't even pay attention anymore. It's like, all right. All right. Bring stuff home and he comes in the kitchen and loads I, up and leaves and I, says about two I, words. I, I and give that's up. About it. I mean, these are some fun facts and we're going to be educating you with fun facts as the year goes on. But I thought these were some things that might enlighten people a little bit about how the other part of the country lives. Okay, Brian, you have been a CPA. You're still a CPA and you've got a CPA firm. Let's talk a little bit more about what you want from your clients to help you do the best tax return. Yeah, there's a couple answers to that. First thing is, you know, this show is about the integration of financial planning, investment advisory, and the income tax world, and doing the best job for clients, integrating all those things, because that, that's kind of our superpower here, I'll call it, that we have that other firms don't, frankly, is that integration, and it's so important. And so one of the things that we're adding to our process for our investment clients, not just our CPA clients, but our investment clients, we want to see your tax return. We have a, a program we're going to put that into. It's going to scan your data. It's going to uh, do some analysis, uh, point out a lot of things, rates and phase-outs and Medicare surcharges and all that kind of thing, maybe some opportunities. It's going to do that from an AI kind of uh, standpoint, artificial intelligence, uh, where it's going to do that analysis. Then we're going to have the natural intelligence, the, the CPA looking at it as part of the process of doing the best job we can for our new clients and our existing clients as they work with Madrona Financial on the investment side of things. So I think that's a really important thing. So I, I guess the first thing is we want to see that tax return. We want to have a copy of that. Whether we're preparing it or not, mm -hmm. we want to get that copy of the tax return to do the best job we can for the tax planning aspect of being a financial advisor for you. Now, as far as our clients that, that use us for preparing their tax return, we have an organizer that we give them every year that recalls the, the figures from the prior year, which we ask them to fill out. That certainly reduces the time. I don't want to have anybody bringing in a grocery bag full of receipts <laughs> and so forth. Uh, yeah. Don't hire us to do that. No. We need your help on this. And uh, you know, our CPAs are busy. We don't want to charge too much for a return just because you, you don't want to take that time. We're going to encourage you to do that. But there are ways to make sure that the, your data is good. Uh, some of the ways of making sure if you have a business that you have proper QuickBooks, that kind of thing. Maybe they've been reconciled during the year. In the past, you'd have people come in, oh, here's my QuickBooks file. We open it up and it's like, oh my gosh. This is a total disaster. Right. Everything was coded incorrectly to start. And so it got coded incorrectly for the whole year because it remembers how everything was coded. So if we can get that before you start, you know, QuickBooks off the shelf isn't done right. Uh, you need somebody to go through it and comb through it and get it basically structured for your business specifically so that you don't just have garbage in, garbage out kind of thing. And so getting that right, understanding what is and is not deductible if you have a business, a small business, that kind of thing. And doing the tax planning is a multi-year strategy, not just a hey, I had this stuff last year. How did I do? Can you help me? I'm like, well, no, I don't have a time machine. I cannot go backwards and fix a mistake from last year. I can do it 
proactively uh, potentially i can you know we can plan for the future but you can't plan backwards typically with tax returns and brian i want to hit on something that you talked about that is the tax planner i'm a client of madrona financial and cpas that tax planner is so very good because all you've got to do is go down the column and uh, change whatever numbers are different from one year to the next so that is another advantage of using madrona financial and cpas so tax forms very important for you that report other types of income such as a scheduled k one for trust, partnerships, and an S corporation. Brian, do you also need things such as social security documents? I mean, do you need income statements, W-2s, 1099s, that sort of thing? Yeah, we tend to need those kinds of things. You don't necessarily need receipts. So we like to have those kinds of things. And, you know, for a lot of people, they don't need a CPA to prepare their tax return. It's real basic kind of stuff. But uh, a lot of people that, that we do tax returns for, even though they could do it in, in many years, there's many years they can't. And, you know, we don't just do one-offs. We don't just do a tax return for you every time you have something may come up or because we don't know you anymore. We don't know your situation. It's virtually impossible for me to ask a, a tax planning, you know, answer a tax planning question. If I don't know you, if I don't know your history of your tax returns and all of that, I don't have that to look at, uh, it's very hard for me to do that. And so I'm not sure how we would even accomplish that without somebody being an ongoing client. And so when they're an ongoing client, they can call and say, hey, here's my situation. We have a change. What are we looking at here? Oh, yeah, I've got all your stuff here. I've got your investments. I have your taxes. I've got everything. We can have a very uh, fruitful conversation regarding that. And if you're not getting a tax refund, if you historically haven't gotten a tax refund, you're going to be required to make tax payments. And those are going to be quarterly payments. And Ryan, I understand that there are coupons in that tax planner to help your clients do that. Yeah, I mean, we're going to give instructions. We're going to give coupons. We're going to we're going to talk about uh, upcoming year uh, tax uh, estimated tax payments if they're required. Any changes we think are going to happen in, in the upcoming year. And I think that's a that's a big differentiator. There there are accounts out there that are primarily focused on just filling out the forms from the prior year, and then there are those that are also focused on the future going forward. It's very difficult, though, for a CPA to focus on the future because they don't have your assets and liabilities and, and your, your income for the future. They don't, they don't do a, a projection. Whereas uh, working with Madrona Financial and CPAs, we will have that. And so that's where the integration really comes into place. Uh, I, I, I can look at, oh, here's what your future finances look like. Therefore, I have the tool that I need to help make some decisions on, you know, jockeying the deductions, credits, tax-free nature, trust planning, legacy planning, get planning, all that kind of stuff uh, with that information. So I don't know how you really do effective tax planning without having a financial plan. So that's where we integrate the two really well. And Brian, I think our conversation today really does illustrate why CPAs working with financial planners and even CPAs that are financial planners is so, so important to understand this very complex tax code. I mean, the tax code is uh, bigger than war and uh, peace and probably a lot more difficult to understand as well, too. So for our listeners out there who are interested in uh, tax optimization and you do not have a financial plan or maybe you're wondering how deep your financial tax planning roots are, simply go to Madrona Financial and click on the Get Started button to check your financial roots. It's called the Rooted Wealth Analysis. We'll determine if your financial roots are deep enough to sustain a retirement that could last 30, 35 years. MadronaFinancial.com and click on the Get Started button. Well, Brian, we just get started, then we're out of time. I want to thank you for your 
time. But most of all, thank our listeners here for joining us. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend, won't you? We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation and diversification, guarantees profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. Looking for safer investments? Wish you had a bond alternative? There are many alternative options out there that you may or may not be familiar with. Each has its own benefits and detriments. Not all products make sense for all investors. That's why it's so important to know what's available to you and then have an open discussion with CPAs and advisors who can help you see the big picture. That's why if you work with Madrona Financial and the team of CPAs and advisors, you'll get the good, the bad, and the ugly of each investment option so you can make the right decision for you and your wealth. Madrona Financial takes its fiduciary responsibility seriously and wants to provide you with as many options as possible that are in your best interest. Consider working with the CPAs and advisors at Madrona Financial and see what you're missing. Go to madronafinancial.com and get started for free today. That's madronafinancial.com.